Nelson in looking for Garza backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Scared you, didn't it? Hi, y'all. Welcome to Five Stripe Final, the only highly distributed audio discussion discussing all things Atlanta United. Atlanta United, who still has not won a home game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium this year. But hey, that wasn't that bad, was it? I, honestly, it wasn't. I thought it was a fun match to watch. <laughs> it was. It, okay. 22 shots. Yeah, yeah. 22 shots. There was like a bunch on target. Uh, we hit the post twice. Ezekiel Barco hit the post twice. Yeah. Um, he was re- actually really good on his free kicks, by the way. We didn't really talk about this. In fact, we haven't talked about anything about this match. We were both, we just came in this room. We, for the last hour, we've just been sitting with headphones in, not talking to each other. So um, this will be kind of interesting to kind of dive into this and see what we think. Because I have no idea what you think. Yeah, but I'm serious. I, but I, I think it was a good match. I think we're on the same page. Uh, I think we were both writing recaps that kind that. of came to the same conclusion that... This wasn't the results, obviously, anyone wanted. But tonight, I think for me, especially as someone who's been much more skeptical of uh, Frank DeBoer than you, yeah. uh, was not necessarily a turning point for me, but but something that has moved the needle back in the direction of being uh, in favor of, of waiting this one out for the long haul. Tonight, uh, Elaine and I did really seem control in, the ga- uh, in control of the game, except for, for two really, really bad Mistakes. Um, yeah, they basically had the same amount of possession that they had in their last game here against Philadelphia Union, which was a terrible game. 0.8% difference. Yeah, 0.8% difference or something like that. And um, But the difference was they had they created tons of chances tonight against a team that's pretty good. Probably a better team than Philadelphia Union. Dallas, I would say FC Dallas is probably better. Yeah, almost um, Better organized, better, better structurally, especially, and, and better defensively than New England last week. Um they played well. They created the chances, but they just didn't. Yeah, they, they didn't get to it. But I think Frank DeBoer will be very happy that the team was able to control the possession and then create something out of that possession, which but, is kind of what he's been going right. For. Which is exactly the big thing. We this is as close to the platonic ideal of a Frank DeBoer perfect game yeah. as we've been so far, and that's the most encouraging thing. And there has been somewhat of a progression towards that. Right? Uh, it started off very poorly, and I remember looking at you after um, the Cincinnati game and asking. Did you see anything encouraging? And at that point, the answer was no. Tonight, I can say that pretty much all of it was was mostly encouraging, again, except for, for two really bad moments. Um, Jeff Lorenowitz talked about those moments after the game. He said that as we have done in the past, and I think by in the past, he's meant with FDB, with Tata, uh, we've been a little naive with teams going forward. Uh, and, of course, they get called out twice, so one very early in the game, one very late in the game, uh, both inexcusable but both fixable yeah. mistakes, right? Yeah, uh, totally. And I and I think that this team is still trying to find its footing uh, in terms of finding that balance between attack and defending, keeping your solidity. Um, in the beginning of the season, we saw it too far to the defensive side. We saw them kind of obsessed with kind of keeping their defensive shape Um not wanting to lose that kind of organization. And now, in this game we saw tonight, we saw a lot more players push forward very aggressively. Yeah. In fact, you had two fullbacks in Breck Shea and Michael Parkers pushed fully up the field um, in an attempt to try to get some chances going. And they did, but they did leave themselves exposed at times. I thought generally they dealt with those chances well, but on occasion when those long balls had some success, they had some trouble with it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I thought Miles Robinson was really good against tonight. Yeah, that was off especially. Um, he eats those long balls up. Oh, absolutely. Especially when you can go one on one, just body somebody. It happened a few times tonight, and Miles is going to win that against anyone in the league. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Except for maybe Alan Gordon. <laughs> Alan Gordon still playing? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think the mood overall was that this was a positive tonight uh, from from the players, from FDB, from everyone just kind of in the locker room. Yeah. Um, Jeff Lerowitz also had a really good quote where he mentioned that uh, the FC Dallas goals was some the the way they were scored was something they did prepare for, right? The, yeah. the execution wasn't there, but it's something they worked on all week, just cutting off uh, those balls in transition uh, when they were behind the ball. And uh, it didn't quite work out this time, but it wasn't a lack of preparation from, from FDB. It was more a lack of execution on the part of the players tonight, and that's that's going to happen. And I think, Joe, I think that if this was a game kind of in the middle of the season that just had randomly happened in the middle of a somewhat normal winning streak for Atlanta United, we would shrug it off. Right, but yeah. in, the, in the context of the first few games with Frank DeBoer, uh, people are going to jump on it and say that you know this is just another example. Uh, right, I think if you're paying attention closely, I think you're seeing improvements. People want to people want to try to make sense of things that happen, and they do that by constructing narratives and and trying to yeah make connections to things. And sometimes they are true, and sometimes they're not. I think we're missing. I, I, we need to get down to what Frank DeBoer said in the post game. I think it's far, by far the most interesting thing about what has happened, what has transpired in the last couple hours. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy cannot communicate well. He needs to take he several needs- <laughs> PR classes. Yeah, he needs lessons. Um, Crisis communication. Most importantly, <laughs> it's the way he phrases things, right? It's right. like it's not the gist, the general gist of what he's saying. I'm totally on board with. He talked about the team um, creating chances, you know, being better, all this stuff, and then he says, "But I can't score the goals for them. They have to do that." You know, and it's just like, Ugh, you had it. You, you were this you were close. So close man. <laughs> you were so close. And again, he's probably not wrong. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Again, you know, but it's gonna come off. Very poorly. You, it, you it, could say it like, next time we'll create, you know, next time we'll score the goals. I have the confidence in this which team. Which is exactly to, yeah. what he said. Right. <laughs> immediately following that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just but, can't but let these he, little bits come out. He had to add that in. And you could you could kind of see the, the war wounds on his face when he was saying that. Because, you know, it's something he's he's thought time and time again as he's been run out of uh, a couple different places now that, uh, you know, he can't score the goals. Uh, the players have to. And again, he's not wrong. Um, but again, the, the difference between reading Frank DeBoer and hearing Frank DeBoer talk uh, sometimes can, yeah. be, can be somewhat jarring. But I'm telling you, that, like, the players were not even, like, they were upset that they didn't get the three points, right? Absolutely. And Michael Parkhurst was upset just with the way, like, that the fact that these fans haven't seen this team win a league game in this building yet this year. And it showed about the 83rd minute after the second goal when this place cleared the hell out. Yeah. 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 Um, But, you know, I think they were positive. Including the supporter section. They were generally more positive than I expected expected them to be, to be perfectly honest, the players. I thought we were going to go into a locker room that was going to be completely despondent, uh, which they typically are after losses, most losses. Um, And, you know... It was quiet, but talking to the players, they were actually much more positive individually than I expected them to be. They were saying that, you know, this is the kind of game that you can really build on. And and it's easier to go into the next game when you've played a game like this, where you've actually done things well and you've seen success essentially up until the the ball crossing the line. But, you know, you've actually 
experience those positive things as opposed to not doing anything right and you're and you go into training and I say like where do we start you know sure yeah no the mood in the locker room and in the press conference really kind of changed my entire um, recap and outlook right yeah you know everything just kind of seemed more positive and more uh, just more more believable, yeah. right? That, that, that things are going in the right direction. And frankly, I feel like Saturday, next Saturday against Colorado, um, we may finally see this team kind of kick it up a gear. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's going to be one where they're going to just score as many goals as they possibly can. Like, there will be no let up in that game. Um, but yeah, no, I'm the same way. My brief going into the post game was, does it seem like this Atlanta United team, every time they take a step forward, they take two steps back? Mm-hmm. And honestly... I think Frank DeBoer actually had a quote that said, we took two, two steps, steps forward, forward. Yep. <laughs> which is not really a phrase I've ever heard, but, um, you know, <laughs> how are these steps measured? He's making these steps. What right. steps are they? Usually steps we take, who? usually we take one step at a time, but, um, yeah. two steps is also good. I wonder what, how many steps we would have taken if we had won this game. And how's it That's the real hop, skip and or a jump. We'll never know. But yeah, yeah. but like the, but the, the narrative was totally changed by, based on what everybody was saying post game. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, Maybe the narrative on Twitter is somewhat different. They did not yeah, get to experience yeah. <laughs> uh, the post-game comments and or locker room. Um, our mentions were obviously on fire. The DSS mentions on fire. Um, it's really yeah. fun recording Frank DeBoer's post-game press conference <laughs> because I'm sitting there with the phone like, and, and I've got it pointed at DeBoer and I'm just reading the comments and it's lots of DeBoer out. And at least like today there was somebody in there that was actually stepping into the the comments of the live periscope uh, chat trying to defend him which was the first time i've seen that but um that's always a fun experience to like i feel like i'm like passing notes behind someone's back or like you know it's like uh he has no idea that like all these negative comments are just scrolling on the other side of the screen that i'm pointing at him it is amazing it's fun to watch i like peeking over your shoulder while while it's going on (laughs) um a lot of the comments in our mentions are, are saying that uh this the, the possession was boring and not structured, I guess, or not focused on, on towards getting a goal. And while I disagree entirely, um, I disagree entirely, I guess is where I was going with that. <laughs> um, it, it really seemed like there was something kind of in mind tonight. It, it, there wasn't quite the end product, but uh, you do end up with, with 22 shots. And if we had to take a guess at the XG, uh, we do end up winning that one. I think as well. Uh, I can just tell you exactly right, right now. We won. We won the expected goals two point seven eight to one point four seven. That includes point eight for the goal for the penalty. I'm sorry. So right. it would be more like one point nine eight to one point four seven. So and by about half a goal. And there's an obvious counter argument there, which is that Dallas scored in six minutes, right? And right. So at that point, they're going to play a little further back. But honestly, sure. it didn't. Really, it didn't seem like they were bunkering. This no, was, no, this it wasn't didn't. a team that was just sitting back and allowing things to happen. Atlanta was really pressing them. I mean, I think it was that was Dallas's strategy coming in and Atlanta knew that was going to be their strategy and like we talked to Jeff said he I mean he said that they trained these exact like the goal that they actually scored the second goal they scored he's like we trained that exact situation all week and I think perfectly yeah yeah Yeah. it was just perfectly executed by Dallas and it's just one of those things where you know I've been in training and just because they're training it doesn't mean they're necessarily going to pull it off every time but that they were prepared for it and I think that that shows in kind of the overall output at the end of the game the team had 22 shots you know just Completely dominated the game in every respect except for the score. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at the, we're looking at the, the shot chart right now, and it's just a lot of nuts like you can't on our side. you can't ask for really much more. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, there's a good question here. There's actually a good question in the mentions. Awesome, good, good work, guys. Who was um, it? Osmar Padilla. Nice. I hope I'm saying his first name right. 
Um, clearly, a confluence of factors are leading these results, but what do y'all think is the single biggest, most glaring issue that needs to be fixed? Ooh, I think it's a really that is sharp a question. question. Y'all sees the word confluence, which means he's smarter than 99% <laughs> of y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the single biggest, I think it just might be just little mistakes, little little errors, little yeah. loss, loss of focus, everything like that. It's funny, Tata Martino always used to say, um, yeah, we just had individual errors. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, you can't really argue with that, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, of course, uh, some guys uh, made the same. Tata, I'm a much better communicator. Right. Even though yeah. I didn't speak yeah. English. That's cool. Um, <laughs> no, but I think, so I, I kind of have uh, two thoughts on this. But, like, sure. I guess my, my first thought on it is there is an overarching issue with the team, which they've been fighting all season, which is, like I said earlier, is just how do you, f- just finding that right balance of attack and defending. Yeah. Um, like I said, they were, we, Atlanta was throwing guys forward tonight and it was leaving some spaces for Atlanta, for Dallas to try to exploit. Fortunately, we have some very good center backs and Miles Robinson, as you said, who was able to just snuff out a lot of those long balls. But I think that that's kind of an overarching theme around this Atlanta United team is just trying to find that balance. So that's kind of like a big picture. I think other than that, you would say there's right now currently a weakness in midfield with Eric Rometty injured. You're basically going with Nagby and Lorendowitz, which were fine really, as a pair. They were yeah, really they, they were really good. Yeah. Um, it's just like at, on the, at the end of the game when you want to bring on fresh legs or something, like you don't really have another guy that can come on. <laughs> De- Deion Pereira. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I mean, we only use two subs. Yeah, which is uh, crazy. Um, I will say that... Um, uh, one of the press members did hear Mario Williams say, use the fucking sub <laughs> uh, <laughs> at some point on the touchline. Uh, I was a photographer down there. Um, so that That's was good. interesting. Um, hopefully. <laughs> wow. That, there, there could be a lot to unpack there. Uh, but we'll see how that kind of goes on down the road. Um, That's a good question, though. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, th- I think this is a decent question, too, from Carlos de Rivera. Um, who asked how much of this is on FDB? The players need to put it in a goal. We kept we keep getting beat by keepers last year. Those goals went in. I, I think the main thing to kind of point out here is uh, getting beat by keepers. Uh, and tonight, Jesse Gonzalez was yeah. extremely good. Yeah, it just happens sometimes. Yeah, no, he, he he went full Zach Steffen. And if you go full Zach Steffen against uh, Lane United, you're you're going to cause some problems. So let's unpack. Let, let's go a little deeper though. How, let's go to back to the question: How much of this result was on FDB? I would say. Zero percent. I, I think. Like, he I got mean, I think that the, everything right. Yeah, me. yeah. I mean, everything he could have. The team right played well. Right. Joseph Martinez missed the best chance of the game for either team. It was a it was a chance that had .65 xg, which is nearly as good as yeah. a penalty, um, and he missed it by a lot. Like it wasn't close. Yeah, and he would like it was he, it was right outside the six yard box, like right in front of the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, it was toward the end of the game, but. You just expect them to make those, and yeah, and, use, it, like, and, and it goes they, back to Frank DeBoer's point: they have to score the goals, right. and it's true. He shouldn't say it like that in public, in my opinion. But um, <laughs> but it, but he is getting set up for those goals, and it may take a second for him to kind of calibrate. I yeah. guess with this, um, it's not excusable, but still, it's something that can very easily be adjusted and fixed, most likely. Um, I do think Jacob Inman brings up a good point here. Um, He's talking about the home record and, and talking about fans pouring out. Um, this was not another. This was again a PR loss in a lot of ways yeah. for, for Frank DeBoer, which you know again is his biggest demon and his biggest fight right now, in my opinion. It's it's not with the players in the locker room. It's not with anyone in the organization. It's with the folks in the stands right here mm-hmm. um, who are frustrated, right? And who don't want to sit around and don't want to pay money to come watch this team lose and get incrementally better 
right? They, they won it now, especially from a team that won MLS Cup last year. And it's, uh, it's concerning. It's concerning. How, how often can you go and say, have patience, have patience, have patience when folks are pouring out at the 83rd minute? And I think Michael Parker's touched on this and what he said after the game. You know, he was like, it was clearly on his mind. He's like, we appreciate the fans. We appreciate how many of them, you know, come and pack this stadium every week. And I think that he's kind of like sensing that. I think that the players sense when the fans are leaving before the game is over, you know, that there's a little bit of, you know, that, that, that energy is, is kind of, it's, the, the balloon is deflating a bit, you know. Yeah. If, if it was sky high when uh, Atlanta and I won MLS Cup in this same field last year, it's amazing kind of how much it's starting to deteriorate. Only what four months? Four months later. Yeah. yeah. So he, yeah, he, he mentioned and, the they didn't want to take the fans for granted was the yeah. way he put it, which is yeah. a really interesting way. You could tell it was really weighing on him. Yeah. Um, you could also tell that the buckhead sections were super super empty <laughs> by the end of the game. <laughs> Come on, rich folks, do better. <laughs> But again, they're support, not taking Marta. They got to get uh, Also, also emptied out. A yeah, bit. yeah, I did. Great teeth today, though, I, guys. I gotta, uh, that, that was really good. So. You know, and I don't think DeBoer helps himself. Just and, it, and there's nothing he can really honestly do about this. But just his general demeanor is so hard to like get behind. You know, like <laughs> he sits for most of the game. He yeah. talks in a very monotone voice. You know, and. That's just the way he is. Like that's just <laughs> that's just that's just the way he is, and he, he's just not like what we're used to, I guess, in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Tata would be up for what seventy of the ninety minutes, like screaming, and he wasn't going crazy, but yeah. he was he was showing energy during the game. Frank DeBoer lets his trainers talk for him. Shout out to the trainer who got thrown, <laughs> thrown out, out of the game. Thrown for out, a correct? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He was recalled that then got overturned yeah. uh, where Joseph Leiter scored the penalty. Uh, uh, Derek put something in the chat here uh, on YouTube, um, and he, he it was about LGP. I don't remember the exact uh, question, but let, we, should, we, should, we should talk about this. Yeah. Is he an undisciplined player? Um, I find this pretty interesting because, you know, under Tata Martino, it was a very attacking style, right? Sure. And he would leave his defenders exposed, and he wanted them to win these individual battles, and if they could do that, then it gave they, it gave the team an edge going forward, um, and I think that that was one thing that Frank DeBoer wanted to try to kind of try to go back on and 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 not put his defenders under so much pressure early in the season, and it yeah. got Atlanta in a totally defensive kind of bunker mentality um, mindset. You, yeah. I, I could say so. You know, is LGP on discipline? Like, I don't know. I think that the team works best when he's in those positions, and it's just something you're going to have to live with because while it might he might have to sit out some suspension, uh, sit out some matches with suspensions. I just think, like you know, the team is in the best position with him in those, in those, winning those battles. It's undisciplined, but not to a detriment to the team. I mean, none of the none of the fouls that came off tonight ended up in really anything for for FC Dallas, um, and, and not to say they won't in the future. But I mean, it's just part of the package, right? It, yeah. The, the same way Joseph is going to be offside sometimes and be really pissy when he comes off right. and he's taken off for a substitution. It's part of the full package of LGP. If he starts being cautious, you're not going to have the same uh, really solid defender that we've come to appreciate over the last few years. Um, so I'm I'm cool with trading yellow cards yeah. for, for full-fledged LGP. Yeah, I am too. And I think it's just all, it all comes down to on the pitch, how many risks you want to take, where you want to take those risks, and where those risks pay off in terms of benefits. Um, yeah. You know, I like to think of it like American football, and it's like you never the see a, you never see a team that is like number one in the league in rushing and passing. Okay. Part, partially because that's kind of like you know mathematically impossible, um, but like it's hard to be very equally as effective in both. Like there, usually there's a trade off, right? Sure. Like you're running the ball to try to pass. You know, there's a strategy involved in 
it doesn't make sense to try to be the best at both. Sure. Um, or even like an off a team having the best offense and the best defense. You know, usually like a team might have a great defense because the offense is like slow and plodding and can you know eat up time of possession and all that kind of thing and helps the defense. I think that, you know, in, in soccer, there's just those kinds of, it's the yin and the yang, the push and the pull. Sure. And you kind of have, just have to balance those things out. Yeah. Soccer's a zero-sum game, is what we're saying. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know what that phrase means. Don't change anything else with the and, and read a book, Joe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Uh, oh, co- other comments that we had uh, included... Uh, everyone kind of seems to be like... It's either fire to bore or, hey, we look a little bit better tonight. And, and that's going to be the, the great civil war for Atlanta United's fan base, I guess, for the next little bit here until the results start coming in. Um, we are probably last at this point now, I think. I, I think the Revs had a game today. They were, they were a point behind us or something like that. I can't quite remember. Uh, but yeah. still, it's only the, it's the sixth game of the season. Uh <laughs> I know y'all are going to get tired of hearing that, <laughs> uh, but keep thinking Seattle. Keep thinking Seattle last year who, you know, have all of a sudden turned into world beaters after a terrible, terrible start and, you know, finished second, all that kind of thing. Um, anything I'm, else from I'm, the I'm, folks I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a tweet from Jacob Inman, uh, who we've already discussed tonight, um, talking about Matt Doyle saying that uh, Dallas had us right where they wanted us the whole time and Atlanta was never in control. Um I just don't buy that at all. No. I don't and either. if you were a Dallas fan, you would have been, you'd be so thankful that you held on and got the three points tonight. Like, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Like you, <laughs> I think, I mean, I, the, to give them credit, they put on a really great performance. They, they did. They, they did really, they, they well. executed they exactly executed. what they need to do. Exactly. And, and that is the blueprint and how to beat Atlanta United. Yeah. That's um, exactly right. And so if that's executed perfectly, then Yeah. <laughs> then sometimes that's yeah, it sometimes you know? your way and I, another thing DeBoer said I, I thought was really interesting after the game was he was just talking more philosophically about soccer and he was like you know the sport is unfair sometimes the best team doesn't always win and that's why it's so beautiful that's why we love it so much because sure. anything can kind of happen on any on any given Saturday it's here or Sunday yeah. or Friday well it's here with the, the Dutch flag just nestled in <laughs> right. yeah um, yeah, no, he, he also mentioned that, uh, you know, if they play like tonight, he thinks they win 28 times out of 30. I like that. That might be a stretch. I like that he said, but... I like that he said we win 28 out of 30. And we draw we one. We lose one, <laughs> and we draw one. Amazing. Like, what is, uh, okay. Amazing. I have no idea what kind of math he did there. This was the um, one, he goes, this is the one we lose. And yeah. then we might draw one other one. So there you go. There's the template for the rest of the year. It's all going to be wins and one draw. Thrown in there according to FTB himself. You, you know, I wonder if some of the perception of this game is skewed by the commentary because I've heard a lot of what uh, Taylor Twelman was saying on the broadcast was how like Atlanta hasn't been able to muster anything in the attack and it was yeah. just like very negative and I just didn't see that at all. Like even at halftime, the team was creating a good amount of chances. They were even better in the second half, but um, I wonder if that's kind of skewed anybody's perceptions of it. I'd imagine. Probably I imagine does. if Taylor Twelman's up there, just just you know, shoot talking somebody, yeah. then it's going to affect things negatively. Um, I think we that's should why also, we're here. I think that's we should talk here. about Barco as well. We should talk about Barco. Zeke was good. He's looking Zeke like he's looking like one of the better again. players in the league. Like I mean, yeah. which he should, you know, has he had fifteen million dollars yet? I don't yeah. know, but but he's been very 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 solid. Uh, yeah. One probably six seven fouls tonight. Um, had a couple clank off the post. Um, 
really love him in that 10 role we're finally getting to see him in, which yeah. we, we've been screaming for since, you know, Miguel left. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it proves that we're always right about everything. <laughs> yeah. Just listen to us. Uh, but Ben, excellent, really. Uh, I think the big question going forward is how does Petey figure into everything? Right. And I think, I think eventually we see him take over for, for, for Tito. I think that's the move. Uh, Tito and Gressel both. Both the wings tonight were not good yeah. at all. Uh, Gressel especially. I think that'll be kind of... I, I don't. We have not yet seen this season Joseph Martinez playing at striker with a band of three behind him consisting of Piti Martinez, uh, Tito Villalba, and Ezequiel Barco. Okay. So like those three big Argentine players... Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can fit in the same team. If Frank DeBoer wants them to be in the same team, maybe that's too attacking in his sense. He needs he wants more defensive solidity out of that group of three. Um, but it does seem to he does seem to be playing a pretty structured four two three one at this point, uh, from what I can see. He's talked about it. He said like, okay, four three three, whatever. He's not really that upset or that concerned about what we call the formation. But looking at it on the field, it's clearly Jeff Lorenowitz playing next to Darlington Nagby in central yeah. midfield with three above them and then a, the striker. And I will say, too, that just looking from above at the shape and the way the players were interconnecting tonight, it was very... There were actual... Like, you could look at it and see, like, triangles, right? Yeah. You, you could look yeah. at it and see shapes. You could look at it and see where the spacing was. You could tell that the players knew where they were supposed to be, which was not the feeling I got at all from the first two games, right? So that's huge, I think, yeah. going forward. As long as that's established, they're going to keep getting better at at um, executing through it. Yeah. I mean, to me, this team does start to look more like... I, like, I, I don't want to keep like kind of comparing everything to, like, the Tata Martino team, but it does kind of start to have that verticality. Yeah. You know, those, the, those that vertical passing, the, you know, Tito flying up the flank, um, guys, you know, playing, trying to play through balls in. It's it's getting there. I think we're all seeing, kind of seeing the progress. It's just really frustrating not getting the results yeah. at this point in time. Well, someone, Saturday. someone yeah. asked if we have an Instagram. We technically do have an Instagram, which you might not even know. I, I made an Instagram for us. For, has no posts yet. For this show yeah. specifically? Yeah. You think people want pictures of, of us? Well, you know I love my anonymous accounts. Yikes. Sometimes okay. sometimes yeah. I need an anonymous account. But uh, I would say follow Dirty South Soccer on Instagram. That's where I tend to, like, if I'm at training or something and I post something, it's usually to Dirty South Soccer. Okay, nice. Very cool. Uh, anything else we want to add before we go to? Um... No, I think that's. I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah, nice. All right, cool. Uh, that will do it. Oh, Jacob Edmund confirms that the uh, the uh, commentary was very negative from from Taylor Solomon. Thank you, Jacob, for that. That solidifies our point as always. Again, always right. Uh, that'll do it here from Statesman Stadium. We'll be back with you all on Saturday. Hopefully, we may have a midweek show kind of pop up here and there. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, follow us at Five Track Final on Twitter. You can follow DSS at Dirty South SOC. You can follow Joe Patrick at J Patrick Two Hundred, and you can follow me at J underscore Sam Jones, and then at SB Nation and tell them to give me the editorial internship. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, get it at um, should they at Spencer Hall? No, not Spencer. Uh, <laughs> Who can they at? <laughs> no, no, no. He doesn't. Maybe Ryan. This could hurt your. Maybe yeah, Nanny. He's yeah, he's, in, he's in charge. He's in charge now, right? Yeah. At whoever you want, but but get him this editorial <laughs> internship. Also, yeah. subscribe to uh, the Dirty South Soccer YouTube channel. Which if you just click right down there, uh, it costs nothing. It takes about three tenths of a second. To, yeah. Wait. Smash. Yeah. Yeah.
right, cool. And do that. Do that. It would make us happy. It would make Joe happy, especially. He's worked really hard on this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's going to do it here from Mercedes Spence. Like I said, keep an eye out on your podcatchers, that, things of that nature. And, uh, yeah, everyone cheer up. It's going to be all right, I think. I think I see the end of the tunnel. Colorado's going to be fun, I think. Colorado's bad. Five goals. Five goals. Uh, This should be good. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Bye, y'all. See ya.